Hello, everybody. Welcome to another wonderful week of Two Thumbs Undecided. Uh, I have, I was not, oh, I'm Zach Ferguson, by the way, and my lovely, beautiful partner, oh my goodness, I only value him on his looks, uh, Thank is, you. who are, uh, oh, who are oh, you? Oh, that, that's, that's my time to keep, okay. Uh, Sam Ferguson, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, sorry. took too Sam long. Sam Ferguson, I was coughing because I have allergies because it happens to be allergy season right now. Uh, um, are you taking any Claritin? I don't take Claritin. I take the that nose thing, cause oh, actually yeah. funny story. So like I was on the, uh, the subway today. Yeah, I know you're already laughing. I was on the subway today, and um, and my the snot started pouring out of my nose, Ugh. and this this woman in front of me started giving me some looks, and I was I I literally like said it with my eyeballs. I was like, uh, excuse me, I don't know what to do. Do you have any tissues? And she just like rolled her eyes, and she just kind of went back to you know, reading her New York Times. Wow. And uh, a lot of ball action there. You with your eyes, her with her <laughs> eyes. Balls just yeah. rolling around all over the place on this bus. That's <laughs> yeah. That's that's that that was the uh, the premise of our interaction there. Balls rolling around. Um, but uh, yeah. So my nose is kind of verklempt. I'm feeling fine right now though. Oh, so. Okay. I'm uh yeah. I'm feeling good too. Uh, just to let you viewers know, it's currently just to break the illusion. Uh, it is uh, we're pre-recording this episode because Sam, I guess, is on vacation. Well, Zach and was on vacation last week. I was. So uh, now I, I'm actually I still don't know what happened with that vacate. Like what? What was that vacation? What it, were you vacating? Well, it wasn't really a vacation. So like every year, there's this uh like anime convention that goes on. Now, viewers at home, I gotta just admit, I'm not really an anime fan, but the reason why I go is for a much uh, more primordial uh, reason. It is, my goodness, a really great place to party. That's it. Like Okay. Yeah. And, so you, also, you went... and also San Diego Comic-Con, or those kind of Comic-Cons, are a lot more expensive because stuff actually happens there, like important stuff. Hmm. So, so all I got... you're saying is the other Comic Con sort of events are really just to get shwasted with a bunch of anime nerds. Yes, uh, they are. Uh, yeah, I got. I'm gonna tell this story because it really frustrated me. I was at. Uh, you go around the room to room, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to this guy's this one person's room who we did know, but the person wasn't there. So it was a bunch of other people we didn't know. And uh, we were allowed access to their alcohol, right? And this ding dong is just like starts asking me about my age. And I, I, when people ask me such ridiculous things at a party, I, I, I go into a mode where I don't want to tell them anything because how dare they? They're not cops. <laughs> like, why? So I start messing with them, and I'm saying, like, I'm uh, 35 uh, <coughs> or, like, I'm 19, you know, stuff like that. And this guy, like, asks me for my ID, and this guy's not even drunk. All I'm saying out there, people, don't be like this guy. 
people like this. Wait, so wait, 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 wait. He was just a random he person. He was a random he asked dude. You, he he asked ra- you for your ID and you gave it to him. Well, he asked me at first and then I joked it off. And then I guess I kept going and he was very suspicious. And then we were getting close to like, he was close to causing a scene, honestly. And I'm the guy. Wait, why, why, why? He wasn't a bartender or anything? No, he was a random schmo that hopefully I, I hope, uh, you know, gets his toes run over. And you gave him your ID. I didn't give him my ID. I showed him my ID because it was easy. Yeah, but he could have like got your driver's license, which now he can hack your personal accounts. Oh, you mean like if he was uh, like some sort of memorizer? I didn't hand him my ID. I'm saying like he could have. So you're saying yeah, he could have just... memorized the numbers on your driver's license, so that was which is a flight. valid form of identification. Actually, that and now be... he knows those no <laughs> numbers. That would be really sad <laughs> if that's why he was being such a. Excuse my language, but dickle. don't say it. C- can you? He was I... a dick. He was a dickle. Oh, all right. Anyways, anyways, that, that's what that was my titty twister of the week. Something that really rubbed me so wrong, <laughs> and I hope. I guess that's a new segment for this the show. Titty twister. Uh, the titty twister of the week that'll only start and stop with you. Um, because yeah, I live a peaceful life where I love all things, and all I animals. Just Everything is beautiful, and and you are constantly. Anger. And you're constantly running into people who ask for your, about your age. Anyways, yeah. uh, let's talk about some mother news this week. News. Um, news this week. Uh, something that happened yesterday. Um, uh, it seems like Jordan Peele is uh, a huge fan. A huge, 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 huge fan of uh, Midsummer. Midsummer, which oh, is Midsummer, uh, yes. Ari Aster's new film, the guy that did Hereditary. Uh, oh, I didn't know he did Hereditary. Jordan... Oh, Hereditary. Sorry, I got confused with. Yeah. Movie. So Jordan Peele is now is really hyping the new um, Ari Aster film, hmm. which is interesting. Uh, I don't really know where I was going with that. I Have think you it's, seen uh, it? Have you seen the movie? It's not out yet. It's not out yet. Hmm. I'll tell you what that did come out is the new um, Rocket Man, which uh, I, I for one, have not seen it, but I am really excited to see this film. It does uh, look better, and people are saying that like uh, Elton John had a lot more input than, we, say, Brian I mean, May and those guys for... Uh, I mean, it's rap. him. Like, that's the thing, is like, with with uh what's it called bohemian rhapsody he was dead like uh freddie mercury's dead so it's like spoiler alert i okay so there's like so many things that like i feel like are just missed and you can never really know if he was besides the fact the movie itself wasn't great Mm. it's just there was just like this this thing that was missing which is like like the honesty of it which you can never really because like there was some choices they wanted to make with that film but they couldn't because it was because the band was trying to more preserve their image as opposed to be honest to who freddie mercury actually was also i gotta say i think just this is a personal thing for me um elton john's discography 
uh, I find more enjoyable than Queen's. I oh. love Queen. Don't get me wrong. I love Queen's music. But um, I think uh, there's just a lot more. I think I'm... Actually, no, yeah, I'm going to stick with what I just said. You remember that one summer where I was reading Harry Potter? And I was reading the last book of Harry Potter. It had just come out. And it I just came out. was reading... And uh, you, were, you were reading comic books. But yeah, the whole entire Teen summer... Titan. The whole... There you go. <laughs> the whole entire summer, uh, you were playing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Yes! And... I was yeah. in love with it! So... For some reason, Elton John for me, I always associate with Harry Potter. Like I just, he's just, it's just Harry Potter for me. Well, that summer in particular, I remember. I think that was like summer of two thousand seven or two thousand six, because the year after, I made, I think Michael Phelps returns. No, I made Zach Deus, which I yeah. featured all those songs, and I remember, I had on that playlist, Goodbye Yellow Book Road, um. And the other one I remember was a live session from uh, of uh, Stairway to Heaven. Oh, and also um, uh, Queen. There was a lot of Queens. Anyways, uh, that's, Anyways. that's off the record. Um, yeah. Something... Well, it's on the record. It's recorded. Well, it's on record, but uh, very, very, you have to know our lives to truly appreciate that. Uh, here's some news I uh, mm-hmm. just read about our ex-producer. I always, I mean, he, he always pops up but apparently um michael douglas in an interview it was like an actor on actor interview it was michael douglas and uh no it's benedict del toro uh, okay be benicio del toro okay anywho however you pronounce his name it was uh him interviewing michael douglas and michael douglas talked about how there was rumor, it's a Hollywood rumor, that Steven Spielberg was the reason why uh, Michael Douglas didn't get Best Actor at the Cannes Festival in 2014 for his uh, portrayal of uh, uh, Liberace in the HBO biop piece called Behind the Chandelier. Okay. He was very good in it, Michael Douglas. But it's rumored that Steven Spielberg, who was the president of the jury that year at Cannes stopped yeah. it because of his now infamous hatred for TV movies being given movie awards. Yeah. So that, that's was just, it. What? No, I mean, it's just a, it's like a, a hyped rumor that, uh, Oh, but, but he, he also like said, like he believes that he does like Steven Spielberg thinks TV movies are TV movies and should get Emmys. Wow. But, like, Michael Douglas believes that Spielberg... Yes. He believes that rumor. He believes okay. the rumor. Interesting. So that's the news. Interesting. I haven't watched the actor on actor. It's, like, 30 minutes. But, uh... uh yeah, it's just... It, it, like, I want to see a map drawn out of, of all the people who have maybe been, like, screwed over by Steven Spielberg uh, not understanding of how TV is slowly becoming, like, just a word. You know, yeah, like the definition. Um, the definition of TV is now with YouTube and all this stuff. Like, um, anything that can stream, you know, mm-hmm. it just it gets a little mucky. And I think Steven Spielberg's trying to hold on to the past, but you know, the future is uh, 
ever-expanding, just like our universe. If mm. you can believe yeah, it. Yeah, true. I can't. Um, also, uh, I feel like there's other news as well um, with things going on. Uh, what's something happening this week? I mean, Rocket Man. Well, I will say uh, uh, well, I, I found out that the new season of Black Mirror came out. I haven't watched it because the episodes, I guess, aren't getting great reviews. But for you Black Mirror heads out there, uh, go at it. Hmm. No, there's some... Oh, I don't know. I always... I what? have more. I have some more news, actually. I okay. just read. All right. So uh, the the Chernobyl HBO series is beloved by almost well, anybody I was, who sees it. I was going to say... I was going to save this for the end because that was going to be what I've seen this this time around. Oh no, let me just give it like this news. All right, all right. Because this ahead. may be new to you, but I just read that everybody loves it except for the Russians who hate their they're like why are the Americans making a Russian event? So they're making I read this thing, I think it was from AV Club, but I or one of those websites that Russia is going to make their own mini series. But yeah, it's that's not... gonna go over great. Yeah, and here's the thing: it's not focused on the people or the scientists as the heroes, but it's on the KJB people, who I guess try to th be like. There's a rumor uh, that hasn't been thrown away by a lot of historians that uh, American spies were partly the for blame of the, mm -hmm. the Chernobyl accident. Yeah. So the story is going to be about the KGB uh, operatives who thwart, like somewhat thwarted the plan, but didn't do it all the way. Anyways, it <laughs> their their miniseries is exactly like reflective to what the series is all about. So, anyways, that wow. that's just a little. I may watch it if we're like if Americans are allowed to yeah, watch it. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna be able to watch that. Like, what is that gonna be on? Well, that's the thing. I like, mean, I H hope it's shown. Yeah, I mean, I love foreign, you know. Stuff, also, I so. heard there's like a massive, uh, put like there's tourist tourism to Chernobyl has increased like exponent like exponentially. Uh, like it's been like massive like... amount of people that wants to go there. That's uh, <laughs> which is yeah, it's probably not great. Um, but Maybe also we should probably. Maybe. Also, we we're gonna um we're gonna do an old episode this time around. Sam um, is currently on vacation. Where are you going I'm to, Sam? Oh, uh, I'm here. I'm here in uh in Montauk, in uh Long Island, uh visiting my girlfriend's parents' house. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So um. Now I have to ask Sam. Uh, are you still working? Are you am still... I still working? Yeah. Are you still working? Are you a chill? I am. On Sunday, I am. Nice. Uh, but Cause, yeah, uh, I have to edit this. I'll probably be editing this Saturday morning. I and uh, I, I just want to say for the viewers also at home, I, uh, I'm i not on that kind of a vacation, but I took off. We're recording this on a Friday, and I took off this Friday from work to work on my own projects. So I've been drawing all day. Yeah, you got you still yeah, you gotta finish that pretty soon. I know. Anyways, um so Thanks. we're gonna do an old episode. Uh this episode is gonna be about um uh funding. Uh which was an old episode we did pretty 
before I moved to New York, uh, yeah. and it's appropriate because right now I am uh, currently in slash almost done with uh, the fundraising stage for my current short film that I'm trying to get together, and it's very hard, and honestly, I don't know if I've even really learned much from this episode. I still feel like I'm still kind of in the same kind of uh well we'll just let you listen to what the episode is because we try to figure it out and we're um, currently on a a roof yeah we're on a roof um at my old yeah, apartment it's... which i'm not at anymore well there you go we've all moved on from this but the ideal st- idea still remains anyways there's that uh yeah and uh enjoy Anyways, let's move on to a lovely thing called funding. Funding is what we're talking about now. How did Donald Glover get funding for a feature, really quality film right out of school? How How does anybody, how does does Sam Raimi gather enough money to make Evil Dead and make it into such a great movie? And uh, what about all those other movies? Like, uh, who's the person, girls? Uh, Um, Linda... No. I've seen her, her her name a lot. Anyways, how do these people get money to make such a well-produced movie? Um, and that's what we're going to discuss today about. Sam, would you like to uh, discuss about uh, how these people get the money? Well, I'm looking up the name of uh, the, the person who did. Oh, then it's I Lena Dunham. Expo- Lena then Dunham. I will explain how they did it back in the olden days. All right, go ahead. In the 1960s, in the 19... There was not really... Indi- independent film. Well, let's go further back. Let's go back to the 30s. The 30s. Let's so, how it was done was I mean, everybody was uh, produced by basically oil co- like just big magnet companies. Mm-hmm. And not even that, it was like, oh, I'm a millionaire because I invented plastics or mm-hmm. I invented window washing detergent. Like, I think that isn't that how Hollywood was made? Window washing detergent. I'm yeah. not like, uh, There's a lot of really dirty windows in Hollywood and LA. <laughs> you know what? Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Like I'm looking out across the sea right now of uh, our city and I'm seeing a billion windows and they need to be washed that's from the true. outside. So that's what how Hollywood started. But then that's what we're getting into is the studio system. And that was kind of what was required in the 30s. But back in the 30s, um, the studio system uh, sort of controlled actors, um, and they had all. They were the source of all the money. But since they were the source of all the money, they were they had a monopoly on everything. Yes, and they and then, ran everything. But that's how things were funded was right. through these studios. And no one ever thought about like, wait a second, I have money, I have a cam- like cameras weren't mobile. Really? No, until they were the really eight, expensive. Until, and also, I mean, film, you had to develop it. It was expensive. It, everything was, you know, and you want quality. People, here's another thing. People didn't think about, like, wait a minute. I could make a, maybe a, maybe schlock is a form of movie making. Yeah. I, Actually, funny story, beat the, I was watching a video talking about um, the evolution of nature documentaries, and, uh, it, they used to be really stale and f- what? I just thought of a like a funny idea of like has anybody ever thought of doing a schlocky uh, nature documentary? Like what? now look at this donkey. <laughs> He's not doing anything. They probably have. That sounds like a funny I, I idea. Haven't, I haven't. Thir- I, I haven't heard about it. I don't know. Maybe you should make it. 
But anyways, um, they wouldn't. They uh, they wouldn't get much closer because the cameras were 35 millimeter, which is really big and bulky. And it wasn't until one famous documentarian, I forget his name, but he said like insisted that shooting on 16 millimeter, which is much smaller and easier to be to transport, and that completely revolutionized um, nature documentaries shooting on 16 because although it looked much more amateur, they were able to get right up front to animals and things like that. And so. We, you know, is the same old, same old from like the 1920s onwards to the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And then a special man by the name of John. Basically, we're just going to talk about indie films, like the development almost. But John Cassavetes, ah, famous yes. for being the husband in uh, Rosemary Baby. Rosemary's Baby, he was one of the D- uh, Dirty Dozen. He is the father of indie films mm-hmm. by creating this he wanted to make this film called shadows mm-hmm. uh which it was about uh an interracial couple and how the the families didn't like each other uh basically or i i, I actually i own it but i i haven't seen it but it's an interracial it, yeah. cup couple and it's in the this 1960s a, yeah. and john casavetes he was just an actor but he he was thinking i have a camera i have money let's make this picture and this was but, Completely revolutionary at the time. Yeah, but no one ever thinks about him being the the creator, like the creator of indie film. Well, there also you could you thing. could point towards he's the creator of American indie film. You can also point towards French New Wave. Yeah, but as those well. were I mean were, were those I don't know anything about the the French the New Wave was was much the same way where the French they were critics. Yeah, and they were like, just they like, were, I don't like the way... Also, they weren't just... Cri- I mean, well, I They guess. were shooting on 16 millimeter. They were shooting on, like, $5,000 budgets. Like, they were shooting like very, very cheap. 400 blows was? Well, I mean, that was probably a little bit more. I think, like... Well, like, their first ones. They were shooting very cheap, probably just as much as John Cassavetes' movies. But well, those movies... Like, if you've seen Shadows, it's very minimalistic. Uh-huh. It's just a couple actors, room, great dialogue. Mm-hmm. And good actors. Now, let's just think about, though, I'm trying to think, when did movies, when did the everyday person start to realize, hold on a second, mm-hmm. I can make a movie. Like the Don Glover, you know, who realizes, wait a second, I want to make a movie, but I need the cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk, you could say who you think, but Sam Raimi, oh he God. was a schlock, he was just some guy. He was 22 years old, he was a nerd in high school. Uh, he went to college and dropped out of college, and he had this great idea for a movie. And so he kind of revelled. He, in my opinion, he, he's a young kid, 21 years old, like pretty young. He just called around. He just called everybody. He was like a telemarketer guy. He's like, hey, we need money. We're making this great movie. Could you donate some money uh, like to us? I'm getting this from uh, Bruce Campbell's book. Uh, if chins could kill. Ah. Yeah. Anyways, it took them like two years. Horrible condition. You know, they and people had to go back to do their day job. Yeah. Um. But they made this, and they put together uh, three, three hundred thousand dollars, which today would be about, almost near a million. I don't uh, know about that. I think I, I looked up the inflation. It's like seven hundred. It's like it's pretty. It's a lot of money. But they made this indie movie by themselves. They mm-hmm. produced it. Renaissance Pictures. 
and it became it's, a. It's eight hundred seventy-eight thousand. Which might as well be a million dollars. Um, and they produced it, and they got. I mean, they got their names known. All three of them: Robert Tappard, Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell. He's Robert Tappard. He's a producer. Oh. He, I mean, he went on to produce all Sam Raimi stuff, and then he, uh, you know, uh, Xena, the Warrior Princess. Mm. Basically, he was a good producer, and he is a millionaire by this point. Also, fun fact, um, Ethan Cohen was one of the editors of San, uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Evil Dead, finish the podcast. I would, I don't know. I, you would... People, just go right to it. No, no, actually, yeah, yeah, stop. No, Evil Dead's a uh, it's a rough movie, and I'm not saying that as like it's it's very one. The special effects are tough, and there's also a very uncomfortable scene. There but is a th- very to this day, random I actually, rape scene. That... Not, it's not random, but it's I don't think it was. I don't it's think a they, random. Here's the thing: I don't think they needed to show as much. They didn't. They yeah. Sh- they show everything. They could just have the screaming off in the distance. That would have yeah. been fine. And Sam Raimi regrets it too. Even in the remake, which was bloodier by all comparison, even that didn't wasn't as rough. Yeah, I wonder what his thought was. I think oh, he I just know. wanted. To, he was definitely going for shock value. It also that's the other thing about making these indie films is you gotta like, I have so much money, let's take it to the extreme. Well, I think that the Sam, reason- I mean, Evil Dead was probably the most non-safe regulated people were actually going at each other with knives yeah while they were blind well that's part of the reason why the film was so amazing is because at that point what was this the 80s things looked fake like 80s was like 80s was like the 50s in the fact that things were really institutionalized what the biggest movies at the time were um uh die hard and uh lethal weapon and just kind of just Raiders actiony. Raiders of the Lost Ark actually. Raiders of the Lost Ark as well, um, but kind of just actiony films that were larger than life. This was like much more intimate, and it's that I don't know if I don't like to like say like one person was the cause of things, but like that movie was the be- was the start of this beginning of movies that. Were, it, was very, it was much more, you were felt like you were actually there. And, and, and I think a better perfection of this, of that style would have been um, Blair Witch Project, which is the beginning of the, um, uh, what's, what is the movie? Well, I, you know what I think Blair Witch was able to do over Evil Dead is they took advantage of the whole... Found footage thing. Website. They made yeah. a whole, they tagged, like if you went to the Blair Witch website you they or they made news fake news stories you know Mm -hmm. saying like like these kids went missing we found the footage and the website made it seem more real Mm -hmm. because websites were becoming a thing you know you could go to websites and you could be like wait a minute this isn't like hey you can buy Mm t-shirts this is like hold on a second this is a news article this is scary yeah so um and you know what's really interesting yes no. All these movies we're talking about are horror movies. Horror movies, I think, paved the way for what comes later. Because one of the biggest movies right now is Get Out. Yeah, but that, I don't think that, that I mean, funding in that sort of way, I, I mean, it was funded by Bloom House. Bloom? But it is different because it's not the production, no one's, it's not like a unique production, I, but it's I just a told unique... you, it's, it's produced by, I think, the same people who do a bunch of horror, other horror movies. 
But I'm saying it's a little bit different just because it's not like found footage or like a unique way of new production. It's just a unique combination of comedy and I horror. The, I think the only, well, <laughs> we can talk about Evil Dead 2. <laughs> All right, you can just go on a rant on Evil Dead. No. My but, thoughts are is... Or what about Peter Jackson? Once again, a horror movie. For some reason, people... The, horror is just, I guess... Like, let's think of... What? Uh, let's just think of... Uh, like, Well, we're talking about funding and how yeah. you can get funding. We just talked about movies that uh, are... Uh, usually produced with funding so like how does a donald glover get the funding to make a movie like that well do you know in today's day and age i think it's a lot easier i i, I mean it's a lot more here's it may actually be harder let me take that back yeah maybe harder because now the the blinds have been lifted see a lot of times when it comes so if we're talking donald glover now it's pretty easy because he has such a name for himself but when he started out I don't, I don't, I think a lot of times, since cameras are so, not so cheap, but they're so much cheaper than they were. Yeah. Because A, digital, although like the different aesthetic, everything, but like digital, it's so much cheaper because the cameras might be a little more expensive, but developing film will cost for like maybe for a or short developing film would be an extra like $30,000 but there's a question okay once again I'm just going back to I'm just trying to think Evil Dead was shot on 16 millimeter mm -hmm. or 30, uh, 32 millimeter 32 is that a is 35 that a 35 yeah low grade basically 35 is pretty good it, it was it was low grade it was a low grade camera it was like 16 it might have been like super 16 or it something. may have actually oh it may have been super 8 doubt it was super 8 i think it was super 8 i doubt it was super anyways eight. it was really low I'm camera but yeah up. look it up while i talk um i've never heard of a i'm trying to just think of a low grade camera like cameras today can shoot high res 4k but i like all you see are just the stupid kids talking about uh you know makeup or just talking straight into the camera, like your beloved uh, YouTube. YouTubes. All they did—they never take it. To, they they are themselves. They mm -hmm. play themselves. There's no. I haven't seen a a monumental. I mean, we'll see how time treats it, but YouTube it YouTube has made our um, you know, it's easier. Well, so like no one. No profession, like, let's not talk about YouTube, because that's kind of a different genre. Well, that's a different type of We're talking of about media. how, like, uh, obviously... We're talking about, like, movies in general. Obviously, the professionals, and professional means you've made more money than you put into it by a lot. Mm -hmm. The professionals get funded by other companies, and the companies are funded by the revenue of people they produced, right? Yeah. So, that's how they get their movies made. Or they get it from, like, an actor, you know, their production company. Mm -hmm. Like, Danny DeVito, I think, helped get Quentin Tarantino started mm -hmm. with Reservoir Dogs, like, Jersey Films. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, I believe, that's Danny DeVito's company. Well, I, I... Yeah. Today, it's like, you... A lot of people are fine with, like, when you're just starting out, you, do you, can, well. you can do... Yeah, 
crowdfunding. That's what I did. That's what we both did. For you can do Kickstarter, which is um, uh, it's kind of a, an all or nothing mentality. It's a little bit more um, legitimate, so you might get more money with it. But if you don't get your goal, you get none of the money. Or you can do Indiegogo, which has an option for a flexible thing. Or you can really just, you know, you, you can go around to your family members, exactly. go around flyers. If you have really it's rich... A given, it's a given, if, if a you give have, and take kind yeah, of Yeah, if you have rich parents, you can ask them. A lot of, a lot of actually Spielberg's very early movies were financed by his parents because his parents were pretty wealthy. Um, and uh, so, like, you can talk, you can do flyers, you can do promotional, but it's a lot of hard work. People don't understand how much money goes into a film. I had this talk with my girlfriend a lot. She just thinks that you can just kind of like shoot a movie and not many people realize that a micro budget, the term micro budget means anything less than a million dollars. And that's a micro budget. A, a, like, and then this is all just based on like SAG terms, um, like a, a, a an extreme micro budget. I think is anything less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars. It is very expensive, and so like getting the money, I'm more impressed honestly, in the long run, with how people get this money, because you can do all the kickstarters. But like when you're just starting out and you still are able to shoot something so amazing and so great, I don't understand. It's so much to do with who you know, and I think that is when people are just starting or out. Or how good your script is. How good your script is and who you know, because you or could how- have the richest family in the world, but it it would like it if you don't have people who know how to use the equipment and who where to go to like you're still kind of screwed oh, you know that's another thing uh, another good topic is uh you know wet hot american summer mm-hmm. that movie was basically funded by uh david uh wine wine's uh parents oh really yeah is he the director he was the director he, was, he it was oh, him and the the main character his parents just gave him that much money well they they invested you know, in the okay. same sense of like. So they were giving money back. Yeah, but you know, in a sense, they're like. But they had the no money. No one, no one invests money that they are. I mean, you have to go into it, knowing that you'll be okay if you lose it. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, hey, it's like some people truth, love. Thank you for David Wynn's parents. Wet Hot American Summer was a hilarious movie. Yeah, I guess. But it also irks me to think like. It's just like how many other movies could have been better if there was richer parents. But anyways, um... I just think, like... What? Easy. Yeah, right? Because you kind of miss... If you're just like, I'm creative, and not realizing where the well, money came from. Well, we're just saying that from our point of view. That's true, I yeah. bet if we, you know... Yeah. If we had... Uh, yeah, anyways. But, um... What was I saying? Uh... Also, uh, Things are cheap. What? Time uh, time check. We actually have to get out of here. It's 8.30. Okay. Um, uh, then yeah, but I mean, I, I, the film that I most recently shot, I unfortunately was mostly doing it alone, but I was able to raise $2,000, and that's with, um, without equipment, because I was using the school's equipment that I was with, mm-hmm. so that would have been more, but... You were ra- able to raise $2,000? $2,000. Nice. And... 
some of that money went to Kickstarter or uh, Indiegogo. Yeah. Because you had to pay their fees. Um, I helped quite a bit. You helped. My family and my brother helped out the most. <laughs> um, but I did have some other other benefactors who were really. There was one family who, or one couple who donated who I didn't know who they were, but they donated $300. Hey, hey that's pretty good. I don't know. That. Yeah, it's if like you don't that's know the who thing. they are. The thing about film is if you have a it I think it mostly has to do like I said connections, but it has to do with a good script. If you have a good script or at least just a good idea, yeah. People are who have a lot of money will just be like that sounds interesting. I would like to be like see this made. You want $10,000? That's basically nothing for me. So like I'll I I'll give you this cuz also they know the reward is better for them if they see a movie and the people who give monies or give money they get they'll get their name on it and then it's exciting for them it's kind of like people it's just an investment like it's an investment all over the place but it's one of the best sort of investments yeah but you have to make art. yeah you have to make sure your story's good and i mean That's it, true. it's also in a way it's also lucky yeah like, it's like it's like in the in the past like a lot of the great um a lot of the renaissance paintings were started because a lot of kings suddenly became uh, quote unquote enlightened and started financing all these painters like Michelangelo. Hey, you know what? A lot of churches too. A lot of churches. Um, if you can get a church, uh, if you can get a church interested in your movie, well, you, you have know, to be a sort here's of another. Here's another. I only know this from that movie Ed Woods, mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, you know, oh, that's an amazing movie. Plan Nine from Outer Space. If you haven't seen Ed Wood, started watch off as Ed a Wood. Christian movie. Ed Wood is by a, uh, a church. Ed Wood is like one of the only movies about a director like, or <laughs> the negatives of being so like into your thing. Because so many films are about like you work hard and you really believe in what you th what you believe in and you believe in your work and your stuff will be amazing. And this is the film where it's like someone who really believed in his stuff and it's known as the worst <laughs> film ever made. Yeah, the thing is, is like you see so many of these shots of him like being like, I love my craft. And then he's just, and then you see him <laughs> actually work and he's just like, yep, next take. Yeah, it's, it's, the movie also like, it's, it's. It's an amazing movie. Go that watch movie, it. That movie, if you if, if you like Disaster Artist, this is a hundred oh, times better. Honestly, disaster Artist is gonna disaster go. Disaster Artist, everyone's forgot about it. it and no one's gonna. And, and uh, people are gonna be like, that was a funny movie. It but was, personally, in my opinion, Edwards will in filmmaking will stand the test of time. Uh -huh. Anyways, funding. It's tough. It's tough. I don't know how to do it. You just have to be creative. And, you have uh, to know people, and you have to have you a have great to be script smart too. And so, I think having a great script is is number one. Yeah. Oh man, allergies. Stop man. flicking me off. I'm sorry. It's just he's scratching his eye with his uh, ming it's middle so finger bad. consistently. It's allergies consistently are the middle me finger these days. For those people who are who uh, are international, the middle finger in America is bad. the same thing as the as putting your uh, index finger, finger and your thumb is, together longest, in Brazil. It's also your longest finger. So, anyways, uh, because we gotta go soon. Um, we well, let's let's wrap it up. Well, we um, gotta go. We gotta go. It's like a fifteen-minute walk to that place. Mm. It starts at nine. We, I mean, with this, if you guys came to this funding thing thinking that we were gonna give you a, an answer, an answer didn't. to funding, because we haven't I mean, we succeeded. Kinda did. Yeah, but we we're also very uh, we're broke. amateurs. We're yeah, broke. We're, we're not. I'm not. I mean, we're not. I'm broke. fairly broke. I just, you know, it's hard. 
Sam's right. It's hard. It takes a lot I do want to bring up a person by the name of Jim Cummings. Uh, I, I don't think I've bring, brought him up before. But Jim Cummings is a director who, who started out as just a, he was a line producer, and he, I think he's like in his 30s now. But he was a line producer for a lot of branded content. And he just, one of those things where he knew a lot of people, and he was able to finance Enough. Wow, you're really crying. Yeah, I'm dying out here. I need really? To go. Yes. Oh, my deal. <laughs> but he was able to finance a short film. Yeah. And that's another thing, is aim low at first. But if you aim low and you put a lot of production into, like, a 10-minute film. And you keep trying. And you keep trying. He was able to get into the Sundance with short film. And that obviously won it? a giant... It won for best film. It's called Thunder Road. Oh, you talked and about it, this. Yeah, I did. And it won best uh short uh two years ago and now he's gotten he was able to get so much credibility that he went on a kickstarter and in seven days he financed uh i forget how much it was but it was like a three hundred thousand dollar film yeah and he was all just by who he know the reputation he had people didn't, you gotta I didn't keep even know going. okay you gotta keep going anyways we gotta wrap this up okay let's let's now read Anyways, funding is tough. Yeah. If you got some money, throw it our way. Yeah, throw it our way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give us money. P.O. Box. That's, what, that's uh, why we do this podcast. <laughs> Man. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I, I kind of forgot how smart we were. <laughs> yeah. Too bad we... uh. Did all that radiation? Really, yeah. All the radiation from Chernobyl has. It finally just hit us. Yeah, yeah. the wave has finally hit us. <laughs> um, now, maybe we should. Uh, I think that's a good segue to um, our viewing. What we've seen this week. Did you finish Chernobyl? I did. I watched it the night that the last. Like I watched all of it, and then I watched the last episode live. Uh, yeah. And I, I love it. I mean, it, I love it so much. I mean, much. here's the problem. I wanted more, but you know it's only so much of a an event. And I love, I personally I love trials, like people being like it, where it's all words. But they all did right, something so, it, so it different. ends with a trial. Go ahead. Yeah, like it it ends differently. Like I was expecting them. Like I was enjoying the explanation of uh what how a nuclear reactor goes and like the problems. Mm-hmm. But then they spiced it and brought it to a whole new level of showing us what was happening before. All right, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, when it comes to history, I... Well, no, this isn't history. This is storytelling. Oh, yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, the way they tell it is different, and I was not expecting it. But the whole show, the whole miniseries starts with right after the explosion at the new at chernobyl and it goes from there but then they in the last episode show us 14 hours before it and then almost minute by minute what happens up to the, ex- the initial explosion and it's terrifying mhm yeah it's so stressful cuz it's it's something that like <clears throat> you especially Zach cuz you you talk yes. a lot about like uh, uh, your employees not really seeming to knowing exactly what they're saying, uh, and telling you to do things purely just based on their, and this isn't really even something that's like a communist kind of thing. Like this is just a, a pride thing in general. 
of just like we we like I know what I'm talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, they were and expecting. Just, it, it took me. I I've seen the last episode now twice. Oh, and and something I don't know if you did this, but after I watched the last episode, I went back to watch the first like that right after the explosion, and it just almost plays out like a movie. Like that owns personal thing, like them mm. in the control room, but. The thing I uh, I had to realize was they fully expected. It almost seemed like they were expecting it to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they no, they weren't. See, the thing is, is like I think a podcast that you should, if you if you watch Chernobyl, something that you should listen to. There's actually a podcast uh, done by HBO, um, in which it has the writer of this show talking about every single episode. Um, that, and it's well, really fascinating. Well, I'll totally check that out. I hope it's on Stitcher Premium because I paid. It probably money. is. But no, um, no. But like, I mean, I guess maybe you know something because of him listening. But the way I took away from it was that they they don't expect it, but they were pushing it to succeed. But it was a bad like reactor or whatever, so it was failing, and the guy was okay with it failing. Because he just wanted, because he knew he could, you know, press the AZ-3 button. Mm -hmm. But that's where everything went wrong. Like, he he was okay with a failure. Because they just needed to get, you know, the safety test out. So everybody would get promoted. Uh, But he was not expecting the, the, you know, um, the turn, or uh, the uh, rods not being, the rods being tipped with... I think it was boron or something. Graphite. Graph. That's it. Yeah, that was tipped with graphite. That was not at all, and that's where the cover-ups of cheapness came from. Well, so for me, for like also listening to the podcast, maybe, but it 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 was more so they just didn't expect like this was before Chernobyl. There had never been a explosion of any nuclear power plant so i think they all just didn't they it wasn't just because of the button but it was just they didn't think that a, a nuclear power plant could explode well that was the thing like, at the very it was beginning just like like the guys like that cannot happen you yeah. are delusional that's not something that's you know i thought he was covering it up but as we now know i think like he was in the dark as much as anybody yeah and it took them forever I... to realize that it was graphite it's crazy too about the whole Chernobyl thing is like we we all knew about it. It's just, it's just something in history that we all knew about. Well, I we all knew about it. And I took it, but we just go ahead. Well, I took it always kind of as a, a bit of I hate I mean it's like pop pop culture. You know? Like there's the the, the Chernobyl diaries, you know, like that kind of stuff. I always, I didn't see it as, I knew it was history, but I took it almost kind of like as. Yeah, because I mean, we were, we were born after Chernobyl happened. Definitely a little bit of like, you know, it, it had already kind of cemented itself in history by the time we were born or cognizant of things going on. So we never really had to think about it. Like, we never even really had to think about, like, we were both born after this, the USSR collapsed. So it was like all of that stuff was, is really like, is history for us and always has been history for us and seeing this is 
fascinating. I got uh Oh, go ahead. I, I, I got to say, I haven't felt this way about any show. Like, I, I, I don't watch too many scary movies. Not because they don't scare me. It's just, I like, I find them to be, you know. I haven't seen a horror movie in a long... Like, even Get Out wasn't that scary. It was just, like, a breath of fresh air. This actually scared me. I was... The first two episodes, I... Like, those were the only first two that were out. And I just... It was one of those, like, still... Like, my body was so... It was like a rush of cold was in my veins. And I couldn't move. I just was so terrified because I knew, and I read something before, like someone described like the firemen didn't know that they were walking it to their deaths, you know, like everybody in there looked okay, but the moment that thing exploded, they signed their own death warrants. Now that's something that I I think that the show honestly could have done better is showing because as soon as the firemen left they were instantly regarded as like side story like they they were more of just catalysts for the story no no one they were more of just like okay now they're dying you know it's like no one really i i kind of want to see the the realization of the firemen of the fact that they're maybe i'm sick Maybe uh, I'm just maybe, a sick person. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to. I want to see. I like those people. Like it really was just like they were at the factory, and then stuff happened. Maybe I maybe agree. that's better to. I, I, I just think... I like that 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 I just want people to because something it more and more like I, I I read the podcast or I watch or listen to the podcast is just like how little everyone knew about radiation at that point and like what it does to you. Like right now. We, if we hear that there's a radiation plant that's like on fire, we would head in the opposite direction. I we know probably we know radiation is 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 danger. We know that this is bad. The turn during like the the eighties and especially in Russia, no one didn't know. Like no one knew what would cause like what happens to radiation. They think like maybe there was actually like physically they thought that like if you just drank vodka. Like it would cu- it would cure you. What really? Like they? Is that something? Yeah, they... there was. That was that was one of their pre. That was one something that they thought. Oh. And there was just so many things that were just like they just had no idea whatsoever. Um, I don't know. Another thing I want to talk about briefly though is the dog scene. Yeah. Like the shooting of the dogs. What was the point of that story? Uh, that that was actually something I was gonna say is like I think they could have chop that story in half and given more time to the relationship of the firemen's, you know, slow decay into death. It it just seemed I, like it just incomplete. It yeah, seemed we like never they, saw they, them. We never I, like in, in like the last episode it had nothing to do with them. All it was was really just showing that this kid well, is now killing animals and is now like well, okay think... with killing animals. And I mean, it's like, what does that have to do with Chernobyl? I think like, it was like... showing kind of like how um, Russia kind of came together. Uh, I forget if that was also the episode with the miners. 
too. Yeah. Where kind of like I think it was. all bits of Russia came together to, you know, no matter what, to put the, like the youth and, you know, it, it may seem trivial, but it was a very important job to get, and they're like walking time bombs, these, these stray animals. And yeah, I thought it was, it, it just, it, it I kind of it found just it. It seemed like they, it seems like they just kind of threw that in. Like it was just like, I, I thought it was, okay. uh, it I was thought like it was, the, it was the only story, but I think the main thing is like, it was the only story that was completely disconnected from everything else. Um, and it was like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was just was, kind of like, it was it like just, a different part of it, the story. You know how, like, just to compare it to something else, but like the wire told many, many different stories, like from all different sides, the politicians, the gangsters, the police. I think, you know, they had five episodes. They told it from as many stories as a good story could. And I will agree with you that I think the dog story was um, the longest that didn't need to be, but I think that was the theme of that episode, is like Russia rallying together with the miners. I actually, I like the <clears throat> miners part more. Well, yeah, that was more interesting. Also, it was part of like the the main story. Also, also the... this this writer. What? Go ahead. Oh no no no! Let's talk about the writer. That guy. With the writer. The is writer. Ridiculous. He's had so many shitty comedy comedy movies. movies like like he did hangover two and three he did uh scary movie four and five i believe scary movie four and five he's done so many flop comedy movies that i guess and have then made he did money. chernobyl <laughs> yeah. i guess but like i was i saw like a thing of like all the things he's done and it's only been like these really shitty comedy movies he that just like no to, one he just needed to find his place it honestly to use the wire again, it's like if, if like, um, David Simon, I believe, uh, was the the creator of that. He made like all these stupid comedy movies, and then decided to write like, yeah, David Simon, like the serious thing on the drug problem in Baltimore. You know, mm -hmm. like this Anyways. makes the most least sense. But I'm glad his he arrived at Chernobyl. Though his next work is going to be the Charlie Angels. Oh, so um, I just want to say what I watched recently. Uh, just real quick. It was, um, it's a movie called Fru uh, Feudal and Stupid Gesture. A Feudal and Stupid Gesture, which is a biopic on uh, Doug Kinney, who created the National Lampoon magazine. Uh, it's pretty good, actually. I thought it was fun. I mean, it was. it's kind of sad, but I uh, I related to this character, you know? I don't know anything about this film, so... Uh, I would... I, I, if It's just kind of something to throw on. Not something to, like, do while you're working, but I I, I would give it a list, a watch. And tonight, it actually, it's, uh, it's, a, it's the biopic on Doug Kinney, who... Uh, he's, like, a Harvard graduate, but he's really goofy, so he decided to take the Harvard uh, lampoon and just turn it into a national, you know, magazine. And as you know, National Lampoon uh, went on to do Animal House and Caddyshack. So, anyways, uh, you should watch that. And then also tonight, I am planning on watching The Host. Oh, that's a great film. Yeah. Um, that's by uh, 
That was from last episode. We talked about Bong. Oh, yeah. June Sun Bong. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. And, uh, Watch Chernobyl. Yes, of course. Watch Chernobyl. All right. Adios. Bye. Bye.